Um, first, good morning. Uh, first, I'd like to thank all the audience for joining the podcast series four. This is the episode four around common data model and its relevant use cases for the enterprises. I'm Khalil Sheikh, and with me today is James Sarah, and we'll be talking about what is the relevance for common data model, especially the Microsoft uh, side of it, and uh, see the relevance here. So welcome, James. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me again. Excellent. So James, uh, uh, let's start. Um, what do you see as um, CDM playing a role in today's enterprises? What is CDM? And what are the various standard definitions common data model? Sure, CDM, common data model. Uh, when I was at Microsoft part of this and I talked to customers and they would have no idea what common data model was. I'd always say, well, think of it this way. If you're going to build a data warehouse, say you're in healthcare and you need to collect all this data, patient data, practitioner data, care plans, claims, and you're gonna pull it into all these sources into a data warehouse. Well, okay, you've got to create a database and tables and fields, and somebody's got to create this data model. Well, if you sit down with a piece of paper and start creating a data model to handle all this data, that could take a long time, probably months. You have to think to yourself, well, we're in the healthcare industry, and through somebody's created, done the same exercise thousands of times before. Well, yes, they have, and they've created a common data model. So you can go out and find somebody who's done the same thing and created, for example, in healthcare, you have patient, medication, procedure, encounter, episode of care, risk assessment. They have these data models built so you're not starting from scratch and running even in the wheel. And that could save you months of time because it's also very thorough and it's defined a relationship between all these different pieces of data and you can make sure you're collecting all the right data. So, and, and now imagine they have this common data models for all sorts of industries on there. So we can think of any type of service that, that can fit into an industry model on there. So you can have everything from um, I'm an apparel company to I'm an airline to car rental. There's tons of these data models that people have built and you can gain access to them and many times they're free. So anytime you're going to collect a massive amount of data and you're in an industry that's common, look for, an in, for a common data model. Thank you, James. Uh, if you can go over the benefits, um, you know, semantics versus simplified, uh, what, what do you see for the enterprises? Who are the right audiences? Uh, what size organization? Healthcare versus BFSI. Can you go a little further on benefits of having a unified uh, common data model? Yeah, I would say almost any company, no matter what the size, can have the benefits of a common data model. Again, the same situation. If, if you're just a team of handful of people and you're gonna build out a solution, can you use a common data model to shortcut the process in there? Now, some of the blockages or difficulties could be, are you gonna use a model that's costly or expensive in there. But a lot of these are free, even, even 
you can go on the internet and you can find some of these that have been published in, as open source. We use common data models. Challenge could be if you're in an if you're in an organization that is unique and doesn't have an industry data model, or if you don't have a lot of data for an industry, because you can have these models that, like the healthcare, could have they literally have hundreds of tables or entities. And it, it could be overkill because you could say, well, I'm not going to use 90% of this. So I, I, don't, I don't really need to go to this far on there. But eventually you'll get to a point where you're collecting so much data that you're going to use maybe half of this common data model and you can kind of ignore the rest of it on there. But it, it can quickly prevent you from after the fact going, oh, I forgot to collect this data in there. Because the model will be so thorough that they're going to have everything you possibly need, and you can just map all what the source systems into the, into the common data model. And they're also, and the biggest thing is defining those relationships because you could go, well, do I do I have patient data along with claim data, or should it be separated out? Should I separate out addresses, or should I put them with the patients? This is all thought through, and so it's built out in the most easy to understand, but also performance-wise. And, and when we get to having to query things and change data and update data, all those things, the model is taking care of that because some of these models have been around for dozens of years and all this has been thought through. So that's where the big time savings can come into play, even if you're a very small company. Got it. Thank you. Thank you, James. And how is a common data model related to open data initiative that you know got announced uh, 2018 by Microsoft and SAP and Adobe uh, how 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 is it related to open data initiative yeah the open data initiative was announced i think about 3 years ago from Microsoft yeah. there's a joint venture between Microsoft Adobe and SAP to create a, a bunch of open source entities because the problem is I can, as Microsoft come up with, oh, here's a great model for healthcare, but what happens if all these other companies have their own common data model for healthcare? And now you're kind of defeating the purpose of having common data model because it's not so common anymore. And people can argue over what these models they should use. So can we collect everybody together and agree on one common data model for each of the industries? I would say it's mixed success because they only have three companies involved in it. And I don't know much about Amazon and Google, but they probably have their own common data models for healthcare and that. Now you also have other third-party companies that deal with master data management having their own common data models. So they have like Prophecy is, is a popular MDM solution and they have their own common data models that are different than the Microsoft. And, and it's kind of open data initiative in there. So that's where it's, it's a little complicated now because you can go, hey, great, I'm gonna, there's these healthcare common data models and you go and do a search and you find there's five or six of them, which one do I choose now? Well, can't we all agree on one? And that's the idea of the open data initiative ODI and, and it's had some success, but I'd like to see everybody get together and come on one standard, but that, that hasn't happened. Got it. Thank you, James. And why the common data model is 
key to modern data architecture for driving actionable operational insight for any enterprise. What is the relevance? Yeah, I would say the challenge is if I'm going to try to get insights to this data and have some cool reports and dashboards and such, I need to have the data laid out in a way that I can say create a star schema from it. So it's easy to map how all the everything's related. So I can go to a dash a, a, a workspace and I can just drag fields and create a report or dashboard very easily without having to understand so much the relationships between all that data. And that has always been the issue with customers. And I've been in the industry a really long time and worked in a lot of data warehouses. And it usually had one person when it came to reporting that knew how everything connected. And you always have to go to that person and ask him, okay, I need to collect all this data. And he's like, oh, you're doing this and this and this and this, and he creates a view for you. Well, if we have a common data model, and it's a, it's a lot of tables, but then a lot of these common data models, somebody built a star scheme on top of that, which is easy to do because all the relationships are defined. You don't have to rely on that one person anymore. I can go and do self-service BI and reporting on top of that data because it's all laid out logically and the relationships were built. And that also helps out with avoiding querying data that is just wrong because you've chosen the wrong connections on there. And the common data model will prevent you from landing data in your, if you want to do it on your own, that is not correct, that has the wrong relationships. And sometimes those are very hard to find until someone down the road says, hey, we made this report, I turned out wrong. And we've been using it for months and it's been wrong. And then you look at the data model creating like, oh, wow, I, I have invalid relationships in here. Or we get to referential integrity. It's a lot easier to enforce referential integrity with a common data model than it is creating your own because the common data models define reference integrity and make sure that you don't land a, a state code in there that's not already in a reference table. So they've thought through all of that. So it greatly reduces the amount of errors you'll have in data reporting. Thank you, James. So uh, it seems like it's not a magical pill. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. So what are the expectations of a common data model, data producers and data consumers? Because it, it's, it's sounds pretty complicated, right? Building all the digital interconnects and portals and datas and everything else, it's a lot of work. So it requires a lot of thought leadership. So what, what are the expectations um, that data producers and data consumers may have out of this design as well as implementation? Yeah, I wish there was a, a magic wand on eBay you can go and purchase and just wave it and make it easier in there. So a common data model is a shortcut process in there, but when you look at the common data models, you may be overwhelmed at how large some of these are, especially the medical field. I think there's over 100 of those entities. So this is where you may, if this is your first endeavor in building a data warehouse and dealing with common data models, get some experts. You don't have them internally. This is where I would say a partner could be helpful that have gone through this process before because the biggest challenge is okay, I have all the common data models and I have all these source systems. I have to map those source systems to this common data model. 
If I've never done it before, I can start having invalid mappings. And that is the longest process of building a solution is I could have various SAP and CRM and medical databases, internal databases. And if I map them wrong, then it's kind of ruining what I've done with the common data model from there. So have somebody who's got expertise because it also can get challenging in the terminology. Maybe what do I mean by a patient? And is a doctor go into the address for, for patients or should they be separate? So you have to have somebody that knows the lingo also. So they make sure they're understanding the, the mapping correctly on there. And then also a big challenge is the cleaning of the data because the common data model is gonna want it in certain formats and the source system is not gonna have it in that format in most cases. So how do I clean that? And am I cleaning it correctly? And the challenge would be if you have some of these companies I've seen, they have dozens of SAP systems and unfortunately they've all stored data a little differently. Maybe they put a full name of the state, maybe some of these, some of these abbreviations. So you have to have the expertise at understanding how to conform all of those and put them in there correctly, the mapping process on there. That could be very challenging. That could be very time-consuming. And, and that's where you need to have that expertise and, and have somebody who's maybe done this before. Thank you, James. So that poses another question, right? Uh, taking healthcare, your example, you have clinical information, you have hospitals, you have pharmacies, you have care coordination, you have outpatients, nursing care, hospices, you have multiple sources of ownership of data. What, what challenges you come across from an ownership governance compliance um, as, as you're building this common data model? Because if you look at traditional systems, there are multiple touch points, multiple ownership. How do you resolve it? It's much more complex than just technology implementation. Yeah, that's a good point. The ownership is by far the biggest challenge I've seen in my experience of building data warehouses is who owns the data and who is responsible for cleaning the data and verifying that it's correct. And I've been in conference rooms where people have almost gotten fist fights on who owns the data. Because some people are very reluctant to give up ownership. And if you're saying, I want to copy this data into a common data model, and the IT department is in charge of the common data model, and they now have ownerships of this, and are they going to clean it? Are they, know, are they going to clean it correctly? Or are they going to push back and say, this data needs to be cleaned, and they're going to come to the source and, and ask them to clean it? And this is where we get into some of the data mesh concepts that is, is, is previous conversation we have is, is that could be one solution for handling ownership. Now that's got its own other concerns of the whole other different book of problems you can have with a data mesh. But when you get to centralizing the data, that is the concern is who do I go to if there are problems with this data on there? And if I have 10 different source systems that are all SAP and I'm putting it in one common data model, is IT gonna own that or am I gonna ask one of the SAP, people who own SAP or is it gonna be a combination of ownership which can get really confusing on there? So what I see most customers do is they, they have some kind of center of excellence, SOE, a COE, and they have using representations from each of the groups and they have 
I won't say arguments, but polite conversations on agreeing who owns this data on there. And so this becomes, to your point, much more of a people process conversation than a technical one. So I've had companies come to me and we talk about a common data model, and then eventually they want to come back and say, can we just talk about the roles and responsibilities of everybody in the center of excellence? And we've had full conversations just on creating a, a COE and all the people involved and, and those roles and responsibilities on there. Because I don't care how great the technology is and how technically uh, skillful the people are building it, if you can't get people to agree on certain things, you just it's gonna fail. So think through all the people that you want involved in this and creating some sort of COE so you make sure that you're not having challenges as you're halfway through this and people start complaining that uh, I don't like the ownership or you're not doing it right or I should be one cleaning it and you're messing it all up. So avoid those by thinking through that before you get started. Got it. Thank you, James. And, and how exactly does it accelerate the overall analytics journey of the enterprises, right? Because if you think in terms of it, it's easy said that you can fill the gap through common data model, through you know, disjointed data repository, cross-platform uh, applications, touch points and everything else. But how and what does it take for an enterprise to accelerate it from an actionable insight perspective, right? Because ultimately, not just the transactional reporting, but uh, you know, operational real-time predictive reporting perspective. What what does it do? What kind of a value or competitive advantage that it brings uh, within the analytics journey? Yeah, I would say it's it's a lot about the standardization. So instead of having multiple reports interpret data differently. The common data model really forces you to have one particular truth of the data on there. And that's where that mapping becomes so critical because it's all landing in one spot, that single version of the truth. But this prevents, without the common data model, if, if you go to the source systems, you can have people define things differently when they go to query it. And I've seen a lot of crazy things happen where people get different answers to the same questions because they've changed the queries or done or cleaned them differently. And sometimes they clean them differently to make their organization or their department look better than others. And you have these arguments and that's why you need to have a center of excellence where you go, well, wait a minute. We, we not only need to standardize on the data, but we need to standard on dies on the formulas and calculations we're using. So that becomes another part kind of outside of CBM is well, we got everything in there, but if I need to calculate the net, do I take the gross minus the cost and the taxes or do I not include the taxes and all that on there? So what I've seen companies do is they kind of expand out from the common data model. That's their starting point. And then they, they build definitions around it of of what all this means too, because what do I exactly mean by a patient? Or what do I mean by things like a, a conference room that I need to talk about cost? And so what a lot of time comes out of the common data model is also a glossary that 
that COE gets together and they said, let's all define, take these definitions of all these terms and standardize on those in addition. Common data model kind of forces you to do some of that because their tables are only gonna call things one way, but people can interpret those tables, those field names differently. And so you have to have the, also that agreement onto it. And so you can think of the common data model as forcing you to conform as a company with understanding your data better and having that single version of the truth, the way the data is stored and the single version of the truth of all the reports that are generated. And that's where you get into some of those arguments because you may take away control from those end users who were creating their own reports before and, and finding out people are using the same data but creating different formulas to I'm centralizing this and, and maybe IT is going to be the one that's going to stamp of approval of this is the formula we're going to use and everybody will use that same formula instead of doing their own thing. And it may not, it may give answers that they don't like because it's not the way they define the formula, but at least you have standardization. And I've seen people on some extremes take numbers and have different results and report those numbers to Wall Street that were completely wrong because somebody changed the formula to make them have a bigger bonus because it looked better by excluding certain things. And I've, I've, had, I've been yelled at when people said, how can you use this particular formula? And I go, well, we have 10 people all using different formulas. I went to the CEO and he said, use this one. And that's what I'm doing. So why are you yelling at me for it? But you need to resolve those issues and you need to have that conformity or else you have misrepresentation of the data. Yeah, no, a very good uh, point. Um, just making a comment that what we have seen in healthcare and financial uh, banking and financial services is like agreeing on that holistic view of the enterprise is very important. So having that steering yeah. committee of power users who agrees on the overall outcomes before you start building the blocks. Otherwise, I have seen uh, one of the wealth management company I was recently working with, uh, 500 some different views available and none of them talks to each other. Right, uh, so equity versus hedge funds versus you know um, uh, various bonds and wealth management and all. Same thing we see it in healthcare all the time. So uh, the overall design and outcomes becomes very important, and especially leadership is speaking the same language because it's the onus of data by a certain group of people or department, but then having there is a cross pollination which is equally important. So good, good conversation. Who are the major players? I, I've been working with IBM recently on Kiboli side of it, and they have a common data model and Microsoft has a data model. Who are the major players, number one, and how does Dataverse, Microsoft Dataverse play into that space? Yeah, um, the major players, that I know of are, are Microsoft in, in combination with, with um, SAP and, and Adobe. And I don't know so much about Amazon and Google what they're doing, you can probably comment better than I can. I do know of a company that Microsoft bought recently called ADR, ADRM, had has a bunch of industry data models. 
I think over 100 of them. And Microsoft is incorporating all of them into their platform so people can have those standards on there. And I know of, of, of MDM like Prophecy is one, they've got their own set. And what I also find is in large companies, like the one I'm at UI is, they have their own common data models. You can imagine they have theirs for tax platforms and accounting. And what they do, and what I find other large companies doing is, they will kind of go out and find all these common data models and then they will make their own adjustments to it and come up with their own common data models for their company on that. And, and sometimes they will look at multiple common data models for finance, as an example, and come up, pick the one they think is the best and make some modifications to it. Um, so it's unfortunate that there's not one end all be all for the common data models. And there's also, you have to think of competition and, and whatnot that flows into it. But I think at the end, no matter what you pick, they're gonna be pretty, probably 80% similar because a lot of times it, they may call it something different, but it's all based on somebody else's on there. And the biggest thing is the relationships are usually very similar on there. The tables and the fields with them may be a little different, but they tend to stick to the same naming conventions for the most part on there. Um, but Again, there's no magic wand that makes this really easy. Where, where do you place Dataverse, Microsoft Dataverse oh, in yeah. this equation? Uh, quite a few, uh, even recently when I was working with IBM on Tivoli and common data models that IBM was building upon versus SAP and Adobe. Everybody has its own context and set of applications, right? That we are trying to build upon. Where do you see Dataverse playing out among all of them and how, uh, horizontal it is, you know, in terms of people, process, methodology, even implementation tools, technology that comes across it. Yeah, the Dataverse was a rename of the common data service. Microsoft loves to rename things. And I can't say I'm very excited about the name Dataverse because it's very confusing what that actually means. I. I I like to think of the common data service or dataverse as a combination of the common data model and the services on top of that that enable you to access that data. And so if you look at dataverse that's inside of Dynamics, that product that Microsoft has. So if you're using Dynamics, it's a CRM. So you can imagine you need to use a various tables or entities that deal with people and addresses and, and such. And so underneath the covers is the common data model. And to access that common data model when using data, data uh, dynamics is you're going to use Dataverse as that technology to access that. And Microsoft has, is making that common data model inside of dynamics, something you can export out into a data lake and then start using it and then you can access Dataverse technology to, to, to access the data sending and accommodating model. Now, I would say it's, it's more focused on the CRM type of data inside of Dynamics. And what I'll see customers doing is, well, could they do everything they need inside of Dynamics and 
and use Dataverse. And, and that's fine if you need a customer 360 kind of view. But if you need to take that data and then combine it with way different types of data that are outside of, of customers, I need to take that data and, and join it with operational data. And I don't want to take all that operational data and maybe financial data and try to ingest it into Dynamics. Instead, I'll just take that customer data from Dynamics, put it into a, a data warehouse and pull in that other data and, and, and make that my area that I do all my analytics on. So the, and then you'll see a lot of Microsoft products now have interfaces to Dataverse. So I can go to Data Factory and I can say, I want to use the common Dataverse to pull that data out of Dynamics and land it into a common data model. Or maybe it's in a common data model and I'll use the Dataverse technology on top of that common data model in the data lake in order to pull it out and, and understand it all. So that's kind of how I view the Dataverse. But it's Microsoft's way of doing things and, it, and it's just dealing with Microsoft's common data model and dynamics. Does it extend beyond Dynamics? Because in Dynamics, you have CRM and ERP data, but Microsoft other products like uh, SharePoint or uh, your collaboration, you know, team and others, uh, does it extend this data model, underlying data model, does it extend to other Microsoft product or is it limited to Dynamics? It's, I, I can't think of a use case where, it, so the Dataverse is just with, within Dynamics. Now you can pull in data from those other sources into Dynamics, as I mentioned, and use that as part of the Dataverse on there. But at some point I would say, let's not try to jam everything into that into dynamics. Let's create that separate data warehouse for it. It's, I, I think of Dataverse as sort of a mini data warehouse and you can only have it do so much. And if you start trying to extend the boundaries outside of customer data, it's probably better to, to create that separate data warehouse and use Dynamics as a source into that data warehouse. Got it. And then what is the adoption like for common data model? I saw a lot of healthcare organizations as well as some banking and larger financial institutions started to build upon it uh, in the last couple of years. What have you seen in terms of adoption rate? What percentage of customers are using common data model, especially in these two verticals? Um, what has been your experience? The adoption rate is 14.29%. No, I'm just kidding. I, I would say I would see it maybe one of every 20 customers I would talk to at Microsoft would be using a common data model that they got from Microsoft or some other third party. Uh, ADCRM was a, a popular one for people pulling models that were outside the handful that Microsoft has. I think Microsoft has maybe a dozen some models right now and now we're integrating the rest of them. I see it a lot in any kind of service industry because I guess that's more straightforward in a common data models in there. And, and I, I think the adoption rate is not as great as I would have expected just because 
of a couple of things. One is Microsoft having a limited amount. So if you're in the Microsoft world, you're waiting to get AD or CRM integrated all in that. And once that happens, we'll see if you see greater adoption. And the other is the common data model in Microsoft world has been focused mainly on having the data in a data lake. And it's challenging if, you're talking, if it's in the data lake because it's in a common data model format that has its own way of laying out the data. So you have to have all these tools that are, can understand it all. And then you may not want it in that data lake, you may want it in the relational database, in which case you're kind of out of luck until recently. Now Microsoft's working on that part and I can talk about it. Um, so it's, it's that having it in a relational format and also making it easier to have a tool on top of the common data model so you can customize it, which Microsoft is working on and make it visual. And that's what's coming up soon from them is a, Integrated within Synapse is a much easier way to take a common data model and adjust it because it's going to have a lot more fields than you need. And I need a way to say delete some of those fields and maybe add a few customized ones. And maybe I don't need these particular tables or entities and delete them. And then come up with a model that I can just publish and then go right to the data lake and go right to the relational database. And so I think. Uh, Adoption has been slower because of, of a lack of an easy to use interface to customizing the common data model. It, it, you can do that within Dynamics, but you have to be using Dynamics to get that. And most customers are not. And if they want to use it for the medical field, well, you're kind of out of, out of luck until it's a lot more manual work that's got to be done until they come up with these tools that making it more automated and easy. Got it. Thank you, James. Um, so how is that, if, if we talk about Microsoft specific uh, common data model to Power BI data flows, uh, how is it common? Um, is it pretty common for people to adopt in that order that uh, Power BI data flows and common data model and what are the advantages that you have seen there? Yeah, if we think of the common data model, when we're talking about Power BI data, which data flows allow you to take data from a source and clean it and then land it in some, the, the Power BI data flows are, um, what I'll say, are a, a, a producer and consumer of the common data models. And that's something that's fairly new in, in support of. And that's where it's making the common data model get more acceptance because now I can use Power BI data flows to take data from a source and write it into the data lake in the common data model folder format. And then I can use data flows to read that data and pull it into some maybe from other locations. So in short, the Power BI data flows can read and write the common data model as it sits in the data lake. And then down the road, do the same thing when the common data model is in the future in a relational database like a Synapse dedicated pool. So I can use that to read and write through Power BI data flow. And for those that don't know, Power BI data flow is just a easy to use ETL tool to, to pull data and transform it and clean it and land it somewhere as opposed to 
an IT tool of like your data factory, which is used to clean it. So data flows could be a self-service ETL tool. And I've seen a, a lot of use for that for those end users were not IT people and they want to take data and clean it and they want to use it in a common data model. Now you can do all that to power BI data flows. Thank, thank you, James. Uh, James, can you think of uh, a use case, um, whether from a healthcare perspective or BFSI industry perspective, where you have implemented a common data model and you were able to leverage the value of it? Because it's, it seems easy to talk about it, but it's more about people, process, ownership, and then ultimately the tool. Tool part of it is easy. The technology implementation may be not as difficult, but resolving and getting people to the same level of understanding, evangelizing the, the value and concept. Can you talk about a use case um, um, that where you thought it was difficult from um, overall ownership perspective? You know, we, we talked about multiple healthcare and BFSI case studies in the past. Uh, pick anyone that that is favorite to you from a complexity perspective. Yeah, I've seen probably more use in the healthcare field than any other industry. And one particular company that was in healthcare and they were sort of taking data from companies that would hire them as a service and they would pull all this data together and they were trying to look at the data to and use machine learning on top of that to cut costs or save costs, I should say. For example, they would take all the employees' data and there's some privacy issues that they were had to focus, uh, make sure they're complying with, but they could look at all that data and other employees and kind of put them in categories of high risk and then tell the company hey, here's a list of all your employees. Here's the one at a higher risk. And you may want to go and do some preemptive communication to them, like offer them free healthcare screenings. And, and if you know the healthcare world, it's a lot cheaper to go and catch something early than having to hospitalize it. So they were all about preventive care and avoiding people going to the hospitals. And so they needed a lot of information for that. And when I was a consultant engaged with them and they, they had early, very early on, they were starting to build their own data models. And they also needed to master this data because a lot of companies would give them their employee data from different source systems that would be sometimes have the same employee in multiple ones. And so they needed to master it too. And so in, in their case, early on, I said that, if you're going to build a data model, man, that's going to take you forever. And, and then you're going to roll your own mastering tool to, to, to clean all this data and create golden records. I said, you should start investigating some MDM solutions. And, and I'm part of Prophecy before. When they wanted to pick in Prophecy because they had the MDM tools and then as well as the data models in the healthcare industry. So it really shortcutted the process of them. And they also hired a consulting company that knew mastering data very well. I was kind of part of that. And so they had experts who have gone through this before 
and help them with the mapping process and then help them with customizing and simplifying the common data model to their needs. And I would say, I think they estimated it saved them at least three months of work, not just in building a common data model, but having to go back and correct or fix things that they probably would have forgotten as you've gone along. Because you, you come up with your own common data model, you're gonna forget things and you're gonna build a system out and you're gonna like, uh-oh, we forgot to collect this information where we define this relationship wrong. That was the biggest thing. They were going down a path that, oh man, they were gonna have some really wrong, many of the many relationships. Common data model got rid of all those problems in there and really shut cut the process. And so them paying for a third-party product and some consulting service wind up saving them a ton of money in the long run of trying to do this on their own. Thank you, James. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this conversation. Uh, I'm Jake, uh, EVP Saxon Global for Solutioning of Data Management uh, and Analytics. Uh, Saxon Global um, basically solves some of these very complex problems. So we are not just cloud agnostic or technology agnostic company, but we'll also thought leader in common um, uh, data models as well as Microsoft Technologies, we are partnering with Snowflake, Rivery, um, a leading ETL company, and multiple others. Uh, so please, if you have any challenges in your environment, uh, feel free to contact us. Uh, we should be able to uh, discuss some of the uh, value set day one and give you a process template um, that, that allows you to sort through it, no cost to you. So we are offering some free consulting services at this point in time uh, by giving you blueprints and technology solutions, as well as business process solutions. Because as you know, this is not something that can just be solved by technology. You may build a bridge, but that bridge may not be um, something that you can travel on. So uh, better to discuss this um, with uh, industry leaders like Saxon Global Team. Look forward to it. Thank you very much for the time today. Uh, we appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you.